God. You may be seated. Well, thank you, Lord. And thank Pastor John for giving me this opportunity to share a message with you tonight. You know, Pastor John has to have a meeting tonight, and so he asked me to come and fill in for him. And so it's always a privilege to be able to have that opportunity. And um, I believe God has a word for us tonight. And so I always look forward to hearing what God has to say. So let me begin by saying this. If you've studied astronomy at school, you would know that the planet Mercury is the hottest planet in the universe. And, and Pluto, the planet Pluto, is the coldest planet in the universe. Now, how do we know that Mercury and Pluto are what they claim to be? How do we know that Mercury is hot? And how do we know that Pluto is cold? Well, again, if you've studied astronomy, you know that the reason why the planet Mercury is hot is because it's the closest planet to the sun. And the reason why the, the planet Pluto is cold is because it's the only planet that's furthest to the sun, from the sun. And so the further you get, the colder you become. The closer you are, the hotter you become. Amen? So you're probably asking yourself, what does this have to do with anything? Well, maybe some of you are not Mercury Christians, and maybe some of you are not Pluto Christians. Maybe you're Earth Christians, where there's hot and cold. Maybe you're seasonal Christians, who always experience changes depending on what the temperature is, depending on whether it's wintertime or depending if it's summertime or, or springtime or fall. But know this, God is looking for mercury Christians. Let me say that again. God is looking for mercury Christians. And the reason why he's looking for mercury Christians is because he's looking for Christians who want to get close and want to stay hot all the time because they want to get closer to the sun, S-O-N. And so tonight I want to talk to you about getting closer to God or drawing closer to God for the year 2022. I believe that as we enter into this new year, it has become very vital more than ever before that we become more intentional and more focused on developing our relationship with God. See, I believe that because of this year, and we know that the last two years has been probably the most, the worst two years that we've ever experienced in our lives. And though we are now in a new year, we don't know what we're going to face. And that's where the uncertainty is. So because of the uncertainty, it's so important that, that we get close to God because it's the closeness and the intimacy of God that will provide the full experience of walking with Him and walking in His power and in His presence in a day such as this. I, th I believe it's so important because what's so tragic is that there are many people in this world today that are going to go through life without ever experience the closeness of God. 
There are going to be people in this world that never going to ever experience the acquaintance of God. Who are never going to get acquainted or get to know who God is. But you want to know what's even more tragic? Is that Christians... Oh boy, let me just... Mm. When Christians undervalue and take for granted the power and the presence of God, take for granted and undervalue the privilege that God has made available to us, and that is to be able to experience the closeness and the intimacy and the presence of God. That is what's so tragic. And so tonight we're going to talk about drawing closer in the year 2022. I want you to begin with going to James chapter 4, and let's look at verse 8. And I just want to look at the first part of verse 8. God is as willing to get as close to you as you are willing to get close to him. And in James 4 verse 8 says this, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. James is challenging the church to pursue an intimate relationship with God. The words draw nigh literally means to come near. It gives us the idea of approaching someone. This implies that James was writing to a group of believers who was far from God and wasn't as close as they should be. And so he writes this and encourages them to draw near. In other words, to, to get as close as ever before to God. To get as close to him and to draw as near as ever before and to get right up next to him. Let me give you an example of that. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 13, beginning in verse 19. Listen to what the Bible says. Because listen, we just need to get clingy with God. Are you hearing me? Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 says this. I call on heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now look at verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and watch this, and that you may what? Cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. If there was ever a reason to cling to God, it's this, because he is your life. And I want to cling to that life. I want to cling to those length of days. You know, when I look at this, I picture a child and some of you may have, ch have had children, and there's usually one of the, of the group that is always clinging to, to the parent. You know, you have, have, you ever, have you ever had a child that's always clinging to you? That even when you're washing dishes, that child is right up next to you? Or if you're walking in, in the house, that child is falling right behind you? Or sometimes a child is hanging on to your coattails and, and holding on to your dress, and, uh, and, and even... even even when you're turning around, you almost trip over the child because the child is up close to you. That child is clinging to the parent. And that's what this, the picture of this verse is, is painting here. Is that we have to be just as clinging to God as a child is to the mother. Always holding on. Always drawing close. Always following closely. Like a child following his mom. And so... <clears throat> And so now I want you to go back to James chapter 4. And let's look at verse 8 again because there are two things I want to show you. Two things that really stand out. 
there are two things here and one is a precept which is a commandment and then there's a promise the precept or the command is to draw near to God the promise is that God will draw near to you in return notice the order of drawing near now you might ask the question why is it that we have to draw near to God and not God near to us why do we have to be the one to do it? Why can't, we, why can't God draw near to us and then we'll draw near to him? But it reminds me of a story about a farmer who's one day driving with his wife in his pickup truck on the way to town. As they were driving after several miles, well, as they were driving, the, the husband was driving, looking straight at the road, quietly, just driving along, not saying a word. The wife was on the other side of the cab up against the door. So picture this, okay, you got the driver here, you got the wife over here by the door, right up close to the door. So after driving several miles, the wife finally says, honey, Jed, when we were married, we never used to sit this far apart. And the husband turns to his wife and replies, I ain't the one that moved. The point here is this, God has never moved. God has always been there. The problem is that maybe we've moved. Maybe we're like the farmer's wife who moved away further apart from God. So God never moved. He's always been there. And I want to show you how God is always there. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Look at verse 7. God has always been nearby. In verse 7 it says this, For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on Him? Boy, I love that verse. Let me read that to you from the message translation. It says this, Yes, what other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way God, our God, is with us, always ready to listen to us. The scripture here explains the advantage that God people had over other nations because they never had a God like they did who was always with them. When people would see the children of Israel, they would envy the children of Israel because God was with them. As a matter of fact, many of them were afraid because God was with them. There is no other God in this world that has a God or that, that had, he's a God that loves to be close to us and always want to be near to us. And what I love about this is that it reminds us the, the desire that God has about wanting to be around us. You know, some people may not want to be around you, but God always wants to hang around you. He always wants to be near. But we're the ones that have moved away. That's the problem. We've drawn away because we've given our time. We've given more attention. We've given more of a priority. We've given more attention or, or focus on other things or on someone other than God and that's the reason why some of us may feel like you know you may you may ask this question why do I feel so distant from God or or why is it that when I I get up in the morning and I feel like God is with me one day and then the next day I feel like God is not even there how many of you have ever felt that way we don't want to be like the Pharisees or the scribes that Jesus would rebuke in Mark chapter 6 and, or 7 and verse 6 
when he was talking to them and rebuking them and telling them their hearts, I mean, the people, the, I said, the people honor me with their lips, but he said, but their hearts are far from them or far from me. See, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be all talk and then no action. God's looking for a person who wants to be close to God, who wants to pursue God, who wants to be up close to him and cling to him because that's what God desires. Listen, you and I cannot avoid the influence of the spirit of this world. You and I cannot overcome difficulties. You and I cannot resist temptation. You and I cannot beat the devil in his own game while trying to maintain a long-distant relationship with God. Are you hearing me tonight? We need to make some serious decision in 2022. We need to decide that we're, we want to be more than just Sunday morning only Christians who expect to have a close relationship with God but not willing to make the necessary effort to draw near. But when we do draw near to God, we have God's commitment, we have God's promise to draw near to us when we draw near to Him. And that's what I love. You see, in the Bible, there is a certain principle that we see throughout the Bible. It's called the law of reciprocation. And the law of reciprocation simply is uh, a, a, a response to, to a, a corresponding action. For instance, if, if you go out and do, a, a, you know, do someone a favor, well, that person will also do a favor for you. He'll return the favor. Okay. So that's what the law of reciprocation is, okay? If, if I do you a favor, you do me a favor. If I buy you a car, you're going to go out and buy me a car. And that's okay. I'll keep that open for you, you know, in case you decide you want to buy me a car. <laughs> but that's the law of reciprocation, being able to return the favor. And we see that throughout the scriptures. Let me give you an example here. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 says this. Them that honor me... I will honor. In other words, God is saying, if you honor me, I will honor you in return. Malachi 3.7 says this, return unto me and I will return unto you. Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, Jesus says this, forgive and you shall be forgiven. And then Luke 6 and verse 38, Jesus says, give and it shall be given. You see what I'm talking about? You see how this principle works? And as we find this throughout the Bible. So when the Bible says to draw near to God, this is a law of reciprocation that goes into effect. Because as we draw near to God, God is returning the favor and drawing near to us. Because again, he promises to return the favor. Uh, I, I, I'm trying very hard not to get ahead of myself because I get excited, but I'm going to slow down, calm down. All right, I'm good. It's God's desire to be close to us. The heart cry of every true believer, and I'm sure that it's your heart cry as well, is to be closer to God. Closer to, how many of you have ever said to yourself, Lord, I want to be close to you. I want to have a close and intimate relationship with you. Every one of us have said that at one point or another, but yet we struggle to do so. 
Now, I'm sure that some of you, maybe those of you are watching, maybe you do have that intimate relationship with God. And if you do, praise Him. But there, there are those that are still struggling. But it's our heart's cry. And you know why? Because there's something in us that has a desire to have fellowship with a, with a divine being. Because that's how God created us. So that desire is always there. He want, we want to be close enough to be able to hear God clearly. We want to be close enough to be able to, to move on God's word. We want to be close enough to be able to, to know more about God. That's our desire. Now, there's a difference between having a relationship and being intimate. Because understand that relationship is a foundation. But intimacy is the very core of a relationship. It's what holds a relationship together. You know, I can have a relationship, a friendly relationship with somebody. But, I'm, but my intimate relationship is with my wife. Which is far different than any relationship that I have with anyone else. There's a difference. And the intimacy that we have is the very core that keeps our relationship going. That's what God desires. To be intimate means to have a, a, a private, close, and personal level of relationship with someone. It's having an extensive and a detailed knowledge and understanding of that person and that person having the same to you. So when we talk about that, that that's why... In Psalm 103 and verse 7, we see a perfect example of that because it says that the people of Israel knew God's work, but only Moses knew his ways. That's an intimate relationship. As a matter of fact, let's see how intimate Moses was with God. Go to Exodus chapter 33, and let's look at verse 9. Here we read the story where Moses would pitch a tent outside of the camp. And it would, he would call it the tent of meeting because whenever he wanted to meet with God, he would pitch a tent outside the camp and he would go inside the tent and be able to meet with God. Well, in this instance here, in verse 9, it says, And it came to pass when Moses entered into the tabernacle, or the tent of meeting as they call it, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And watch this. And the Lord talked with Moses. And in verse 10 says, And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all of the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. Now, I want to show you this. Watch this. When Moses entered into the tent, it was for the purpose of seeking God. So that's just an example of him drawing close to God. But notice when God appeared. He appeared after he entered into the tent. After he drew close to God, then God, in a pillar of cloud, the manifestation of his presence appeared at the door of that tent and began to talk with God. You see, we must draw first before he draws near to us. We have to be the one to make that first move. Now look at, down in verse 11 of that same chapter. And so the Lord spoke to Moses, watch this, face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. Man, if that's not intimate, I don't know what is. These are two, a God and Moses talking like two buddies. But, but it began and it was initiated by Moses who set up the tent and went inside the tent for the purpose of meeting with God. And then God showed up and began to talk to him face to face like two friends. Look at James chapter 2 and verse 23. Abraham also enjoyed an intimate relationship with God. In James chapter 2 and verse 23, 
It says this, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and was accounted for him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7 says that Abraham was called God's friend forever. Again, we see the relationship here. And again, many of you ask yourself this question. We, we, we wonder why we feel like God's presence is here today and then tomorrow he's not there. We wonder why our, our spiritual life is so up and down. You know, up one day, down the next. We wonder why we're so far from God, why we're so distant from God. And you know, let, let, me, let me just say this. When you get up in the morning feeling distant from God, don't you wonder why? Because it's probably the, the, the most uncomfortable place to be as a Christian. When you feel distant from God, when you feel so far away from God. You know, and it's, you know, sometimes we imagine that God's a million miles away. At least that's how it feels like, right? But here's the thing, that's just not true. God is always there. Psalm 145 verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, and to all who call upon Him in truth. So as much as we desire to be close to God, God desires the same thing even more with us. But God is the one who initiated relationship. And keep that in mind. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Just to show you how much God desires relationship and how much God desires to be close to us. He was the one that initiated everything. Hebrews 10 and verse 19 says this in the Amplified. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence, tend to where? Into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God, by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. Now look at verse 20. By this fresh, new, and living way, which, look, he initiated and dedicated and opened to us through the separating curtain or the veil of the Holy of Holies, that is, through his flesh. God had opened up the door, he initiated it, dedicated it, opened up, and made a way through his son Jesus so that we can have relationship. But this was all God's idea. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. And in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So in the old covenant, people would approach God, but only through priests and through the sacrificial system. But then Jesus came along, and when he died on the cross, he ushered in a new covenant between us and God, opening the way and tearing up the, the veil so that you and I can be close to God, so that we can be up and personal with him. God was willing to love us for a season through the veil, but he sent his son, glory to God, because when the time was right, he sent Jesus, and Jesus came, and he ripped the veil in two. Remove the obstacle so that we can have relationship. Jesus came and removed the veil so that we can get closer to God. He's the one that initiated it all. He opened up a, 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 a never-ending and a never-changing access to God just by the blood of Jesus. And I'll tell you, 
That makes me happy. If it doesn't make you happy, I don't know what does. But this is awesome. It was the blood of Jesus that paved the way for restored relationship and intimacy with the Father. And this was God's idea. See, it's always been relationship with God. From the beginning, it's always been. From the moment Adam and Eve sinned at the garden, God had already initiated a plan and reestablished a relationship with his people. It was all part of his plan. But here's the thing. Because of our sinful condition, we could not be where he is. But because he loved us, he came to where we were through his son. If that's not love, I don't know what is. He was the one that paid the price so that we can be close to the Father. God gave the best that he had, his only son, just to have a relationship. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. As I mentioned to you, it was all part of God's plan all along. Ephesians 1, look at verse 4. It says, even before he made the world, even before he even created man, even before the world ever existed, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. But look at verse 5. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. If you're not convinced that this was a part of God's plan all along, to reunite us and, and have fellowship with us and, and have relationship with us, then I don't know what else to tell you. This was God's plan. This is God's desire because he wants intimate, personal relationship. He craves for it. And just like a couple, you know, who desires a child but can't have none of their own, so they go out and pursue a child through adoption so that they can love the child, nurture the child, they can raise the child up in a stable home. God desires the same thing. And he set out to do that. And the Bible says he adopted us so that he can love us, nurture us, and raise us up in a stable home. It's an amazing promise that God had made for us to draw near to us as we draw near to him. Now, now there are many benefits to being close to God. There are benefits to draw closer to him and be intimate with him. If a relationship with God is, is so valuable, then his benefits must be out of this world, right? Let's look at one. Go to Ephesians. Uh, no, no, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Now, understand that when I say benefits, there are many benefits that God provides. As a matter of fact, I don't even have the time to go into all the wonderful blessings that God has for us. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 1-3 tells us that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You know what I think when I read that verse? I think of God emptying out of his heavenly bank account and putting it into our account. Every blessings that is in heaven, he's poured it out to us. And so we don't have the time to get into all of the blessings well, let's look at some of the blessings that come through intimacy with God. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. One of the many benefits that comes from drawing closer to God is having access to God's power to live godly lives and to overcome the challenges that life brings, especially in 2022. 
There is power in intimacy with God. Look at what it says in verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us what? Everything. Remember what Ephesians 1, 3 says, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Here he said that by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And we have received all of this, watch this, by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So there is power in intimacy. There is power in knowing God and getting close to God. And he says that he's provided that power through the fact that we get to know him and come to him. And if you ever struggle with your godly life, if you ever struggle in your Christian life, know that God has provided that power for you to live successfully and effectively in this world. You know, how many of you still have um, cordless phones at home? It's okay. It's not embarrassing, you know. <laughs> I have two, but I don't use them anymore. But for those of you who do, when you use that phone, right, and you're talking, and you're around the house and talking, and then you hear this clicking sound, you know when you hear that clicking sound, the power's getting close to, to losing, right? Then all of a sudden, you hear this one final click, and the power's gone in the middle of a conversation. How many of that, that happened to you? That's happened to me many times. Now, why is that? Was that again? <laughs> it went too far. I like that. You see, what happened was that the phone was away from the charger for too long. And it was hanging out in some room. And you know when you're talking to somebody and after you're done, you put it inside and you forget about it until you want to make another phone call? And you make about five phone calls and you leave in the same place far away from the charger, far away from the power source. So what do you do? You take the phone, you walk over to the base, which is where the power is, you place it in the charger, and you let the phone hang around with the charger for a while. Then you decide to come back to make another phone call, and guess what? You got power back. Right? See, because being separate from the power source, your power doesn't last too long. And you lose power. And before you know it, there's nothing. And there are many Christians whose life is clicking and nothing is happening. Why? Because they move far from the power source. Are you hearing me this evening? The further away from God we are, the more powerless we become. That's, what, that's the point I'm making. See, when we drift away from the power source, we become like Pluto Christians. Far away and cold and distant. And there are too many Christians who are Pluto Christians and God is looking for some Mercury Christians. Christians who want to be hot. Christians that want to stay hot and want to stay close to God because that's where the power is. How many of you know that you need power, God's power, to live in this world today? We all, listen, we all believe that. We need God's power to live, especially in the year 2020. We need the power of God to, to face whatever comes. And I don't want to speak negativity or anything like that, but you know what? Life is uncertain. Only God knows what's coming. Only God knows what's ahead. But if we stay close to God, if we cling to Him like a child clinging to his mother, we've got nothing to worry about. Because He'll provide us the power. 
He'll provide us the ability to overcome the circumstances that come our way. Because power comes through intimacy with God. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, Paul knew something about adversity in this world. But he also understood where his power came from. He knew that without him, he couldn't, he couldn't accomplish a thing. But he knew that if he stayed close to God, he knew that power source would help him to overcome whatever adversity he faced. That's why he's able to say, I can do all things, no matter what comes my way, through Christ, who strengthens me, who provides that strength that I need. Another benefit that comes from being near and close to God is protection. Go to Psalm 91. Let's look at verse 1. And of course, this is a very popular uh, psalm. Everyone loves it. Everyone reads it. Everyone quotes it. Everyone knows about it. And it's a, it's a, a, a psalm of protection. The writer who wrote this actually wrote this to encourage themselves and to remind himself of how God protects us from danger. And it starts out by saying this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We're talking about relationship here. You're talking about dwelling where God dwells, in the secret place. And as we dwell in the secret place, as we dwell where He is, as we draw closer to where He is, then we'll abide under His shadow. And when I look at the word shadow, it reminds me of an umbrella. And, you know, and as long as you have that umbrella open in the middle of, of rain, a rainstorm, uh, and as long as you're standing underneath it, you're protected from the elements. You're not going to get wet because that umbrella is, you're standing under that umbrella and it's protecting you, it's keeping you from getting wet. The moment you walk out from under that umbrella, then you're exposed to the element. You become vulnerable to the element and you get soaked in wet. When I look at the shadow when we stand under the shadow of the Almighty, we're talking about standing under His protection. And as long as we stay there, nothing can harm us. But the moment we drift away from under His shadow, we're walking away from His presence. We're walking away from where He is. And then we get exposed and vulnerable. And then what happens is that's when we trip and fall. That's when we fall into sin. That's when we, 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 we get overrun by adversity. It's because... We've run away and we walked off from the shadow of the Almighty. Now look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, And I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. That word refuge means a safe place. And a fortress is if you put yourself behind a fortress and you're surrounded with walls, high thick walls protecting you. That's why the Bible says throughout the book of Psalms that God is our high tower. He is our fortress. He is our, our strength. When we stand in the presence of God, there's protection. When we draw near to God, we, we are entering into the secret place. And we're dwelling and lodging under the shadow of the almighty God. So this whole chapter is a reminder of God's promise to rescue us whenever there's danger, whenever there's issues, whenever to, uh, to protect us from harm. You know, and, and God knows we need some protection in, in this day and age. 
But God wants us to hang out in the secret place. He wants us to lodge. He wants us to hang out all night with him where he is. Listen to what Paul says about God's protection. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4, verse 17, he says this. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Now, now remember what, what uh, Paul says in Philippians 4, 13. He says, for my gosh, uh, not, that's, a, that's a wrong one. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And here Paul is saying the same thing. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the gospel message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was delivered out of the jaws of the lion. Now look at verse 18. And indeed the Lord will certainly deliver and draw me to himself from every assault of evil. He will preserve me and bring me safe unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the part where it says that he will draw me to himself from every assault of evil. Picture a child at the corner of a busy street and the parents sitting standing by by the child okay you know how children are you know they're not paying attention they're just you know looking around they're playing or whatever it is and this child happens to get closer to the curb in a busy street and then all of a sudden that child steps off the curb and get into the street and the parent happens to see that and what the parent do he'll walk over or she'll walk over and pull the child and draw the child closer to him because with the parent there's safety what the parent did was he drew the child away from danger and brought the child to himself, protecting the child, providing safety, providing the protection that that child needed at that moment. That's what Paul was talking about here. And that's what God does for us. But it comes with intimacy and relationship with God. God promises to guard and protect us from every evil work that is formed against us. Go to Luke chapter 15. Being close to God also means having access to security and provisions. We know the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, when we talk about the prodigal son, he didn't just wander off from home. He intentionally moved far away from home. <clears throat> it was his intention to be as far away from his father and from his family, from his home. That was his decision. Look at verse 13. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, he packed off his things, and he journeyed to what? A far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, or reckless or loose living. Now, with all that reckless and wild living, what do you suppose happened to the prodigal son? You walk away from your father's house. You walk away from the resources and the provision and security that the father provided in his home, he walked away from that and went far away. Now look at verse 14. Because listen, he found trouble only when he left his father. He found trouble when he distanced himself from his father's house. Look at verse 14. About this time his money ran out and a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. So now things are looking pretty uh, bleak for him. It's getting worse. All of his trouble took place when he distanced himself from the father. When he drifted further away from him. Now, now he was facing 
famine. The fellowship that he had once with his father, he now has fellowship with famine, homelessness, starvation, poverty. These are things no one wants to have fellowship with. But because he made a decision to drift far, far away from God or from his father. Now look at verse 16. He said, the young man became so hungry that even the paws he was feeding the pigs looking, was looking good to him. But look it, but no one gave him anything. Talk about despair. He reached the lowest point of his life. He was at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> if he had no luck, what was, how was that song again? If it weren't enough for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's what he was probably singing at that moment. But see, the problem with the son is that he not only uh, was far from his home and from his family, but he was also far away from the security and the provision and the resources that he had with his father. Philippians 4.19, Paul says, For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But the prodigal son was so far away from the resources, so far away from the protection, so far away from the provision and security that he would have enjoyed had he stayed close to the father. This prodigal son walked away from something that he had, you know, you know, sometimes you don't know that you have it good until you leave it. And that's the time when you don't want to know how good you had it. Well, he found out he had it good and, he, and it was too late. But the story doesn't end this way. It has a happy ending. Because like, like so many of us, when we make some boneheaded decisions and, 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 and mess up our lives or, or whatever, make some mistakes... We finally come to ourselves. We finally come to our senses. And it was at that point, he says, you know what? I know that I don't deserve to go back home. I know that, I, that my dad probably feels like I betrayed him. And I don't deserve to be even re to be restored back to my rightful place as a son. So, I'll go back home, but I'll go back as a servant. I'll settle for servant wages. I'll live a servant life. Because he didn't feel worthy to, to be restored back to where he was. And so he goes home. And as he was drawing near to his house, as he was drawing near to the father, the father looks and he sees his son drawing near. And the father gets up and he runs to the son, drawing near to the son. And he embraces the son. And he welcomes his son. And he's happy that his son is back. And what's even better is that he restored his son back to his rightful place as son. And all the security and provision and the resources that he once had that he left, it was now available to him. He now had access because he had been restored back to his rightful place. And that's just a beautiful story of God receiving us back whenever we make a mistake and drift away. But then when we come back, realizing the mistake that we've made, God will bring us back. Again, he desires fellowship. He desires closeness. He desires intimacy. And when he sees us coming back, he, as we're drawing near to God, he draws near to us and then grabs us, holds us, and then restores us back to his graces, restores us back to right relationship. That's the God that we serve.
And that's an awesome God. So security and provision and resource come with intimacy with God. Being close to God can also bring change and transformation in our lives. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. By consistently being close to God and beholding His glory, you cannot help but to be affected by the power and presence of God. When you spend time in the presence of God, when you spend time being with God and being close to God, you cannot help but to change. Abraham's life was transformed when he entered into covenant with God and because of that he became a friend of God and he was also called the father of many nations. His life changed when he entered into a covenant relationship with God. Moses also life was transformed and he became a great leader and a deliverer and he was also called a friend of God. And Paul's life was also dramatically changed and he became one of the greatest apostles for the Lord Jesus because he entered into a relationship with the Father. So, you know, when we draw close to God, we cannot help but experience change. You know, you wonder, how can I change, Lord? And how many of you have ever asked that question? How can I change? How many of you try to look for ways to change your ways, change some of your habits? Well, one of the ways to do that is draw close to God. Because, you know, it's one thing to draw close to Him, which means to approach Him, but then there's to stay there, to remain in His presence, to abide in Him. That Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That word abide means simply to remain or stay connected. And so that's what we need to do. You know the only time we come to God is when we need something. When we find ourselves desperate. But God is looking for a people who wants to be a, a, a mercury hot planet, who not only wants to get close and stay close, but also stay hot for him. He wants us to remain in his presence because when we do that, change will come. Change will take place. And you'll find yourself changing into the image of his son because that's what God desires. It can only take place. Let me Listen, change cannot take place if you're sitting in front of your phone looking through Facebook. The only thing that, changes, that will change is time. And you realize the, the hours that you spent looking in front of that phone. Change is not going to come. But when you spend time with God and make it a, 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 a concerted effort and a decision to spend more time with Him, change will come. Whatever area in your life need changes, spend time with God. Draw close to Him. And the law of reciprocation will take place because God will in turn draw closer to you. And when He draws closer to you, watch this. As He draws closer to you, everything that He is and everything that He has also comes with Him. His peace, His grace, His provision, His security, His strength, His mercy. All of that, that's what you get when you draw closer to God. You get all of Him. 
and all that he has and all that he stands for. So think about that. Because when you decide and make a decision in 2022 that I'm going to start getting closer to God, I'm going to make an effort every day to be in his presence. I want to make an effort to be there every day to get close to God and get intimate with him and cling to him so that he can do the same for me. So he can return the favor. And then when I know that he's clinging to me, I know that I have his grace. I know that I have his mercy. I know that I have his provision. I know that I have his strength and protection because all that comes with him. Now, if we really want to know God and become close to him, and when, if we really want to experience the fullness of who he is, and, and receive all the benefits that come with being in his presence, then we're going to have to start getting serious about your relationship with him. Because understand that God was serious about his relationship with us because he paid a price for it. And if God is taking it serious, then we also need to do the same. Let me close with this. I closed with this once a while back, but I thought it was so powerful that I wanted to read it again. It goes like this. Some of you may have heard this, but for those of you who haven't heard it, I think you're going to be blessed by it. It goes like this. There was a fire in the building, and the building was burning profusely. And the little boy was too high up and would soon be engulfed in flame. However, there was an external pipe that one of the firemen used to climb up in an attempt to rescue the boy. Now the pipe was blistering hot. And even though he had gloves on, his gloves were smoking. And despite the extreme heat, the fireman got to the boy and then climbed back down that same pipe. When they got to the ground, the fireman immediately removed his glove and rinsed his hands in water to, re to relieve the pain that he was experiencing from the climbing up and down on that pole, which was hot. The boy had been brought to safety, but he sadly lost his parents in the fire. Some months later, he came up for adoption. And there was a professor who came into the courtroom and said, I can make this boy a genius. I want to adopt him. And there was an engineer who happened to come in. He says, I want that kid. I want to adopt him. Then there was a third man who came in. And the boy looked at him. And the boy said to the, to the judge, Your Honor, can he have me? And the judge asks, why? And the boy says, because I see his hands and I know who he is. It's nice to have an engineer. It's nice to have an educator. It's nice to have a doctor. But when somebody loves you enough to burn their hands, when they love you enough to share your pain, when they love you enough to hurt when you hurt, ache when you ache, and be there when life is falling apart, when they, can show your, when they can show you their hands and you know they paid the price, then they ought to have the privilege of the relationship. If you want to know who loves you, look at the hands. Jesus Christ had paid the price and he alone deserves the relationship. 
Let me read you this last verse and we'll close. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says this. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by the stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. Who deserves a relationship? God does. And because he initiated it, and because it was all part of God's plan from the beginning to have a relationship with us, then I think it's time that in 2022 we make an effort to start building a relationship on our side and begin to start drawing close to him so that he can draw close to us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you today, Father God. And Lord, this year, we commit to you, Father God, to, to, to draw closer to you and to begin to develop a strong, close, intimate, personal, and meaningful relationship, Lord God. And Father, we know that when we do that, Lord God, life will change. Our hearts will change. Our life will become better. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that in your presence, there's security, there's peace, there's joy, there's hope, there's strength, there are provisions, there is protection, there is power, and there is love. And Father, tonight we declare that we will make every effort every day of our lives to make time for you to draw closer to you and to live a life that is close and intimate with you Lord Father we desire relationship as much as you desire relationship with us and so Father we thank you as you help us in this journey as you help us in this endeavor to not only draw close to you but to remain in your presence and Lord for this we thank you and Lord we know that there will be all kinds of obstacles that will try to block our time with you but Lord we come against it right now we rebuke every assignment that the devil has that will try to interfere and block our time with you and Lord we thank you that as we look forward to spending time with you and hearing from you and in just enjoying that time of fellowship, Lord, that each day will become much sweeter and much more blessed than ever before. And Lord, for this we thank you and we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen and Amen.